Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Starting or Settling. I am your host, Julia, and happy week three, everyone. As you could tell, it is the week three preview as we head into the third full weekend of NFL football, fourth full weekend of college football, and it's officially fall. So we're like really into the thick of things now. I feel like this week is where a lot of people assume that those who fall behind in their division standings or in the standings in general, where their seasons are kind of looking over and the teams that started off strong, well, this is their case to really try and separate themselves from the rest. There's a lot of really good matchups, a good amount of divisional matchups this week, and we kicked it off with the Thursday night Steelers versus Browns, what I thought would be a snooze fest, but it actually wasn't that bad. As I I think as I suspected, I don't even remember. I'm talking like telling you guys that I was right about my pick from the previous episode, yet I don't even remember if I was right, which just goes to show you how well I I prepare here. But Cleveland won 21. We're starting off well. Cleveland won 29 to 17. And Jacoby Brissett, honestly, you guys, he's gone four and one in his past five starts. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Not not saying anything crazy here. This Browns team is a good football team. They haven't played really good teams, being the, the Panthers week one, the Jets week two, who they should have beaten, honestly, and now the Steelers week three. But what's so good for this team in having Jacoby Brissett as the backup quarterback is that they have enough talent to just have a good game manager. Like, they don't need a quarterback right now who's moving the needle at all. They just need a guy who's not going to turn the ball over and and ruin the game, basically. And that's what he does. It's nothing flashy. The statistics aren't jumping out at you on the page for any reason. 21 of 31 for percent, 220 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Um, so pretty efficient and just doing what needs to get done type of football, but obviously for this Browns offense, and that's what makes the passing even better is that their running game is insane. Nick Chubb is, in my opinion, so underrated, not valued enough, not talked about enough, 23 carries, 113 yards and a touchdown. He's just such a tough runner. Like he's a put my head down, embrace contact and run the guy in front of me over and make a couple little jukes and take some ankles with me on the way type of guy. Um, He's great. I love Nick Chubb, and I know he's not too happy in Cleveland. I don't think anyone's too happy in Cleveland, if we're honest, but he's just a hell of a running back. And so when you have a running game and an offensive line that is that good, it, it makes the passing game much easier, opens up a lot more. And when you have guys like Amari Cooper, who's one of the best route runners in the league on your side, even better, right? So the Cleveland Browns should be 3-0, and but they're 2-1. and They're right in the thick of things, um, getting a huge, huge division win to start off their divisional uh, games well. And the Steelers now fall to 1-2. and Mitch Trubisky had a good first half. He was efficient. He was accurate. Uh, he was moving well, evading pressure, but he just couldn't sustain it. Um, he went 20-32, 207 yards, no no touchdowns. Uh, Najee Harris was fine, 15 carries, 56 yards, which is averaging just under four yards a carry, so pretty good game for him. He threw a touchdown in there as well. 
I think the highlight offensively of this game was George Pickens. He had an insane one-handed catch in that game that people are now saying was Odell's catch better or was his catch better. As a Giants fan, I know it's going to seem biased, but I think Odell's was slightly better just because he was interfered with on his and his ended up being a touchdown. But Pickens was right there, and, and he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. He's He kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Mike Evans where he's super physical. He's not afraid of contact. He's not afraid to get in the face of other corners, uh, and he makes some fantastic, fantastic, again, doing well, fantastic catches. So um, not much to write home about here for either of these teams except for the fact that Cleveland's 2-1, and one, and they're right, right there with, with the Ravens, uh, and well, the Bengals are on too, so they don't really count in here. So the Cleveland Browns, by the end of of Sunday's games, could find themselves in sole possession, I believe, of of first place because now Pittsburgh's one and two. The best that the Bengals could be is one and two, and the Ravens are one and one right now because they lost to Miami last week, which they also should have won that game. So, you know, good for Cleveland. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I'm not going to say any more, anything more about them for today. All right, so now going into Sunday's games, we kick off with the Sunday 1 o'clock window. Um, I don't know. Do we get an Octobox? I think we do. I think there's eight games in this. So the first one, Baltimore versus New England. This would normally, like five years ago, be a really exciting game to watch. You got Harbaugh and Belichick. You know each other super well. Uh, Lamar Jackson obviously is much watch TV, must watch TV at all times. Um, but you know, the, this Patriots team is very different. It looks very, very different. I know Nelson Aguilar isn't, isn't fully healthy. Um, I don't know if I think he's projected to play, but I don't know if he's going to be limited in any sort of way. Um, I fully expect Baltimore to win this game because they're just the better football team. And, Harbaugh's obviously a really good coach. It just worries me with their defense, um, with having such a big letdown last week, how they're going to respond. Obviously, I think stopping this Patriots offense is going to be pretty easy for them because they listen, they've still got like three pro bowlers, as Rex Ryan pointed out um, in his rant about the Ravens this week. Um, They still got three pro bowlers back there uh, on their defense. So there's no reason why they shouldn't win this game. And honestly, with the way Lamar looked last week, which was a significant jump uh, against a much better team in Miami from how he performed in week one against the Jets. Yeah, I I expect this one to be not very close. I'm going to go 31-14 Baltimore, and I think Lamar Jackson might be a very good fantasy pickup for any of you daily fantasy players uh, this week. So going on, staying in the AFC, we have the Kansas City Chiefs against the Indianapolis Colts. This is going to be an absolute snooze fest. Um, The the Colts are going to get rocked. They just look like they have no fight. They look like they have no heart. I mean, to to tie the Houston Texans week one and then get shut out again by the Jacksonville Jaguars in week two is just inexcusable. And to me, I think this team has run its course. I think Frank Reich has run his course with that team. I, I said this last week. Um, yeah, I also don't see Matt Ryan faring very well against the likes of Chris Jones and the pass rushers that Kansas city has who have come alive this season so far and offensively for the chiefs. I mean, I don't even need to say anything, you know, Travis Kelsey is always a beast. Patrick Mahomes does his thing. It's, it's going to be an easy win for them. I, I predict Kansas city is going to put up 40 in this game. I'm going to go 41 to 
13 Kansas City. Wow, I really hope these results don't stay true because just blowouts in the one o'clock window are it's not what you want. All right, so now we're going into a divisional matchup in the NFC South, the New Orleans Saints versus the Carolina Panthers. Now, the Saints had a tough loss last week to the Tampa Bay Bucks, so they're looking to bounce back and get their second win on the year against Carolina. Jameis Winston is obviously four fractures in his back. He's got an ankle as well, so curious to see if he lasts in this game. Uh, Curious to see how they cater towards his injuries with the likes of Kareem Hunt and Michael Thomas and all the weapons they have there offensively and defensively going up against the Carolina Panthers. Take notes of what the Browns and what the Giants did. Just shut down Christian McCaffrey and they won't do very much. Baker Mayfield has looked really, really bad through these first two weeks. And I don't know if you chalk that up to new offense, new system, give it time, or if it's really just because they aren't very good. Um, They have though way too much talent for that and because it's a divisional game you never know what's going to happen right dj moore roby anderson or robbie people used to say roby anderson because of the way his name was spelled it is robbie i apologize robbie anderson obviously mccaffrey as i just said um i actually think carolina is going to pick up this week's win because i think they have too much to lose i think matt rule is going to go full pardon pardon the uh figure of speech but balls to the walls need to put up points, need to give your fans something to cheer for. So I'm going to go 24 to 17 Carolina, getting their first win on the year and trying to stay on track with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who is leading that division right now uh, at 2 0. So on to Houston versus Chicago. This is not going to be a pretty game either. Justin Fields, this is bounce back written all over it, if you ask me. Um, The Houston Texans, while they have been putting up a solid fight in the games that they've been playing overall, I just, they're not a very talented football team. So to me, I think you're really going to see, especially given all the criticism over this past week of the Bears offense and Justin Fields in particular, I think you're going to see the Bears really go out and, and try to be aggressive and put the ball in the air and make some plays there. But the problem is they just don't really have a lot to use. Um, they're very injured at the wide receiver position. Not many big names that we're looking at here. And conversely for Houston, it's, it's, you know, it's Houston. I don't need to say much. It's Davis Mills and Damon Pierce who has done nothing. Uh, shocker. I, I think this is going to be a low score. Actually, you know what? No, this might be a high scoring game because these teams are bad. Um, so I actually think this might be surprisingly fun, but I think it's going to be ugly or sloppy. Sloppy is a better word, not ugly. So I'm going to go with Chicago getting the win because I just have more faith in Justin Fields than I do Davis Mills, which means I'll probably get this wrong. Uh, I'm going to go Chicago 23, Houston 20 as the final for this game. So now another divisional matchup back to the AFC. We have AFC East, Buffalo and Miami. This might be one of the games of the week. Obviously, this isn't a 4 o'clock game, and they're not flexing it because it's too early to start flexing games, but they, I wish they would. Um, so we've got the 2-0 Buffalo Bills who have annihilated every single team that they've played or the two teams they've played so far. I think they've outscored their opponents a total of 72-17 to 17 through these first two weeks, and it's not like they've been playing – you know, well, the Titans might actually be a bad football team, but the Rams are not. And so th- they've held 
their opponents down defensively, and I mean offensively, they're just firing on all cylinders. 31 points week one, 41 points week two. They're all, they didn't even their starters didn't even play in the fourth quarter um, in that game. So I I can't say anything bad about Buffalo. And I also think they're getting Gabriel Davis back, which is huge for them. And you almost forgot that he wasn't playing last week because it looks like the offense didn't need him. Um, and he's their second string wide receiver. So that's huge for them. Obviously, Tra- Trayvon Diggs, Stefan Diggs, Dawson Knox, Josh Allen. And then on the defensive side, Vaughn Miller. You know, it's they're just loaded. They really, really are. Um, they do have some injuries in the secondary, though. So I'm sure, again, they'll be fine because I just think they're too well coached not to be. But I am curious to see how they respond uh, to Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, the tandem that went wild last week, both receivers with 11 catches and over 170 yards. I think Tyreek had like 190 and, and Jalen Waddle had 170-something. Um, but they've been going nuts, and Tyreek specifically has been going nuts. So I'm curious to see how this Miami offense responds to this very physical, very aggressive defensive front for Buffalo and the different ways that, that McDaniel uh, works to get Tyreek Hill the ball because when he has a ball in his hands – it's magic every single time. Um, but overall, I'm just so high on the Bills, and I think they're only going to get better with each week. But I don't think this will be an easy game for them. But I think it's going to be one of those where they kind of pull away late in the fourth quarter and, and ice it with a score. So I'm going to go Buffalo over Miami to remain perfect on the year and have sole possession of the AFC East. I'm going to go Buffalo 34, Miami 24. And, you know, it, it, would it shock me if Miami won? Actually, yes, it would. Because I don't know if Miami is actually that good or if they kind of got a little lucky last week. But, you know, when you have Tyreek Hill, who's faster than everybody on the field, you just kind of let him get under the football and, and watch. So who knows? But, yeah, I'm going Buffalo on this one. All right, Detroit and Minnesota. This is going to be a good football game. Another divisional matchup for the NFC. Um, I'm all in on Detroit on this one. And I know this has get get right game written all over it for Minnesota, but I'm high on Detroit, you guys. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown is unguardable. And DeAndre Swift, we know how good he is. And that defense is suffocating. They even gave Philly problems in their first matchup early on and late in the fourth quarter. So... I expect them to make this not only a close game, but win it. Also, because to be honest with you guys, I think it's not hard to stop Kirk Cousins unless he just chooses to have an amazing day, which is honestly few and far between. I know his statistics last year were really good, but and and I get it. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, which by the way, where has Adam Thielen been? I feel like we haven't talked about him for a year and a half, uh, and he was one of the best wide receivers in the league a couple years ago. Um, in Dalvin cook as well. I mean, there's so much talent on Minnesota. So now as I'm talking it through again, I'm sort of, maybe should I go Minnesota? No, 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 no. I'm sticking with Detroit. I'm going with Detroit here. Um, I think it's going to be a very close game and I think it's going to come down to the last play of the game. And I'm going to call a missed field goal for Minnesota is what's going to seal the win for Detroit and put them right in the uh, first place race for the AFC, AFC, NFC North. Uh, so I'm going Detroit 27, Minnesota 24. 
and I'm sticking to it. And I'm not going back to it because then I might change my mind. Okay. Next one o'clock game on the day, the Cincinnati Bengals versus the New York Jets. This is going to be a problem for Cincinnati because their offensive line is atrocious and Joe Burrow has not handled the pressure well either. Very, very similarly to Daniel Jones, I might add, in that regard, and that is 1,000% true, literally check pro football focus. They did a whole chart on this. Joe Burrow is actually worse at creating sacks for himself than Daniel Jones is, so that makes me feel a little better. Um, but this Jets defensive line, this Jets defense in general is for real. And they've got two lockdown corners in uh, Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. And I think they're going to pull this one out. I think it's going to be a close game, of course. I, I can't see the Jets in any dimension blowing out Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. But it's going to be really tough. And because you have two corners like that who are so dominant, and are so locked down, even though it's Jamar Chase who seems to be open on every play anyway. Um, I think the Jets are going to be blitz heavy. I think Robert Saul is going to go after Joe Burrow, and I think it's going to work, to be very honest with you. Now, how the Bengals defense responds and goes after Joe Flacco is another story. Um, I think both offenses are going to struggle in this game. It's going to be a defensive battle, but I can really see the Jets taking that momentum from last week and, and moving forward. And I could be a, so easily wrong on this. Joe Burrow could come out and say, no one's touching me today, and I'm going to go out there and look like I did last year and throw for five touchdowns. So I think this is the Jets' week this week. I think they're going to go 2-1 and one on the year after this. I'm going to go Jets 26, Cincinnati 20. And that is – I'm going – I'm risking it this week. I'm, I'm feeling – I'm feeling like taking the underdogs a little bit on this week. Um, it's more fun that way anyway, right? Okay, so the next 1 o'clock game, we have the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Tennessee Titans. And this is a very interesting matchup because these are two teams that were very highly regarded going into this year. And these are two teams that are 0-2 to start their season. Vegas losing a tough matchup to the Chargers in week one and following that up with a devastating overtime loss after giving up three touchdowns uh, in the fourth quarter, or it's two touchdowns. Regardless, a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter against Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals to lose it. Uh, they, this is a huge game for them. They absolutely need to win this game. And I will personally be very depressed if by the time week three is over, we are talking about potentially Derek Carr and Devontae Adams being eliminated from the playoffs because that's not fair. The football gods need to write that ship. I don't want to, I don't even care about Ryan Tannehill. I honestly don't even care about Derek Henry. I got to be honest with you. Derek Henry has been so disappointing so far this year. And it's not just, um, it's not just like, listen, his offensive line hasn't been great. Right. But he also hasn't really helped himself. He's not breaking tackles the way he used to. He's not as physical as he used to be. He doesn't have that same scary presence as he used to. And I almost wonder if he's fully healthy, and I'm actually completely doubting that he is based on the way that he's been playing through these first two weeks. So um, I'm going with Vegas on this one, and that's more of a hope. But I also just think they're a better football team. They have way too much talent to lose to a Tennessee Titans team that sucks right now. So I'm going to go, not only is Vegas going to win this, but they're going to win it pretty handily. And I think Max Crob Crosby's going to have himself a game, uh, 35, 17 Vegas. 
there we go. Last one o'clock game and another divisional matchup, the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Washington Commanders. Philly's got this one in the bag. It's not even not even a question. Um, they looked so good on Monday night. And I don't think the Vikings are a bad football team. I think that's just Philly was is really good. Uh, they also have two lockdown corners in Darius Slay and uh, James Bradbury, which that always hurts to say that he's an eagle. Uh, Jalen Hurts looks as comfortable and confident as he has ever been. Um, A.J. Brown obviously has to be a huge part of that. And this team is for real, for real dangerous. Potential number one seed in the NFC. To me, without a doubt, they're winning the NFC East. Um, they might they might sweep the NFC East, if I'm honest. And I know that sounds very crazy coming from a Giant fan, but it's just true. They just have way too much talent on both sides of the ball. And I think uh, their head coach, Seriano, Nick Seriano, is 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 a solid coach. Um, I I think I don't think he's great. I don't know if he's a Super Bowl caliber, but I think this is going to be a really good football team this year for the regular season to say the say the least. Um, I'm not I'm still not a Jalen Hurts believer. Um, I need to see more consistently from him in the passing game, and I'm sure Philly fans feel the same. But he's hot right now, and that team is hot right now, and I think they're going to steamroll Washington, who, yes, we know the storyline, Carson Wentz playing against his old team. Yes, 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 we know. And listen, I'm not doubting the talent. You can't ever count out Terry McLaurin over there in in Washington or Cam Sims either. But to me, um, just matchups alone, this is Philly's game. And also, I think Riverboat Ron – over there has kind of lost it, lost his uh, spark in Washington a little bit. The defense has not been up to snuff at all. Very disappointing. And I know they're missing Chase Young, but still, they've got a lot of talent over there, um, especially on that front, to be as ineffective and inefficient, pardon all the speech issues today, uh, as they've been. So I'm going Philly 30, Washington 21. Um, I don't think it's going to be very close. I think we're going to see Washington score a bit in uh, garbage time. And Philly's going to be 3-0 and on the year, which sucks. But I think it's true. Okay, so the 4 o'clock games we're now rolling in. The first matchup is the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the, the Los Angeles Chargers. Justin Herbert is going to be playing with his rib cartilage fracture, which is obviously going to be very painful for him, but he's still Justin Herbert. And Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, and that defensive line, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, they are going to absolutely get after Trevor Lawrence in this game, and I think they're going to force him into a lot of bad decisions, especially with how well that uh, secondary for Los Angeles played last week against the Chiefs, although they lost and they did give up some big touchdowns. They did play an overall very well game. They just missed a couple opportunities. So to me, this has get-right game for the Chargers written all over it. I think they absolutely dominate this game. I don't think Trevor Lawrence handles pressure well. I don't think he makes smart decisions with the football And it's not really an indictment on him. I mean, I'm kind of counting this as his rookie year, if I'm being fully honest. Um, But I don't think this is going to be particularly close. I think this is going to be a final of the Chargers 35, Jacksonville 17. So now what people would assume to be probably the best matchup of the week, 
the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are pretty banged up and, in addition, are without Mike Evans because of his suspension for fighting Marshawn Lattimore in last week's game against the Saints. So that's a huge loss for them. The Packers are coming off a blowout of the Bears on Sunday Night Football. Uh, I think they continue their hot streak. I think they're winning this football game, if, if I'm being completely honest. I heard a very interesting statistic on a Good Morning Football this morning that apparently every single regular season that Tom Brady has played Aaron Rodgers in, Tom Brady's gone on to win the Super Bowl, which I hope doesn't happen. I'm so sick of Tom Brady. Um, He's just annoying and he looks unwell and he just needs to go to sleep he needs to retire and go to sleep and spend time with his kids and his wife so she doesn't leave him and i think green bay is going to help expedite that process for us (laughs) um i think they are taking this one so both teams will be two and one on the year and green bay will be right there with minnesota in the or no above minnesota actually right there with the lions for first place in the uh nfc north and i think they're gonna go and win this one by two scores 28 to 17 so the next game also is supposed to be a good game um but i don't think it's going to be great because i don't trust kyler murray and that is the rams and the chargers the rams and the cardinals (laughs) guys i'm it's friday i'm tired okay um I think the Rams are winning this game. I think they had a solid performance offensively. They had a pretty solid performance-ish last week uh, defensively. Um, But I just don't trust Kyler. Like, he doesn't show you any consistency. He doesn't show you that he's mentally in it all the time. And I think their defense is actually bad, like literally bad. Um, And they got lucky last week that he decided to turn into a video game on a two-point conversion. So, to me... This game is not going to be very close. Um, I, I think it will. It could be, again, one of those where, you know, it's the, the Cardinals are like hanging on, hanging on, hanging on, and then um, mid to late fourth quarter score seals it for the Rams. So I'm going, hmm, I had a different score. I think I'm going to lower it a little bit because I've been picking some high scores this week. So I'm going to go 24 to 14. Rams. And I know that actually probably sounds surprising because the Rams defense hasn't been all that great. Um, but I just find against pretty good defenses, defenses with really good players, specifically, obviously Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, who I'm looking for a big game from Leonard Floyd this week. He's been kind of silent so far through two weeks and he just needs to pick it up. And then obviously Jalen Ramsey back there in the secondary, um, and, and no DeAndre Hopkins still for, for Arizona. So 24 to 14, the Rams, uh, continuing their winning streak on the year and being on the plus side in the victory column, uh, for the first time this season. And the last of the four o'clock games, Atlanta and Seattle, Marcus Mariota versus Geno Smith. That just sounds disgusting. Um, but I actually think this is going to be an interesting game. I'd say these two teams are pretty evenly matched. Obviously, I'd say the skill position players are going to be the most exciting to watch. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and then you got uh, Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Who, Where the hell has Kyle Pitts been? He's been nowhere on the field. And I don't know if it's because teams are just trying to take him out because it's working. Atlanta's 0-2. 
But I'm not high on Seattle at all. I'm not high on Geno Smith at all. I think the only thing that will win them this game is if Marcus Mariota makes a really dumb mistake, like a really bad turnover or two in the red zone specifically from trying to do too much. Um, but I, I, for some reason, I see Atlanta winning this game. They're a scrappy team. These first two weeks, um, they should have won the first game. The first week, they just gave up a huge lead in classic Atlanta fashion. And... Um, you know, in the second week, they were down pretty big to Los Angeles, to the Rams, but they came back and made it a game at the end and uh, threw a pick with about a minute left, down four. So I'm going to go with Atlanta on this one. I'd say it's a pretty low-scoring game, most likely. 21-17 to Atlanta, and Seattle falls to 1-2 and on the year. So then we get into the Sunday night matchup, and this is San Francisco Jimmy G versus Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. To me, this is a game that San Francisco should win very easily because I think they're finding their form after last week beating Seattle. And I think that their defense is really going to lead this team to the victory and make it really tough on Russell Wilson specifically to stay in the pocket. Uh, they've got so much talent up front and offensively still Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk getting George Kittle back this week, which is huge for them. And the Broncos defense has been good, but it hasn't been great. So, yeah, I'm going San Francisco on this. I think Jimmy G is just comfortable in this offense. I think Kyle Shanahan is comfortable with him. And getting George Kittle back, I hope he gets a touchdown this week. I miss watching that man play. He's such a physical and athletic tight end, which we don't see very often. So very excited to have him back and playing. I am going with a final score of 27 to 21. San Francisco. And now into the last game of the week, obviously my New York Giants against the Dallas Cowboys. I know I told you guys in my last podcast that I was going to do a state of the union on the Giants um, and talk about what's been going on specifically with the fan base, the debates people are having, despite the fact that they're 0-2-0. See, I'm used to the 0-2. It didn't come naturally to me. I really had to make that correction there. Um, but I'm actually going to save that for after this week. This is a huge game for the Giants, obviously. It's the first true meaningful uh, matchup against a division opponent that wasn't in week one because usually they play Dallas week one every single year, and I'm so glad they didn't this year. Um, but it's a huge game, and it's at home, and it's under the lights, and I'm going. <laughs> I know I've said that already, but me and my brother are going. It's a whiteout. They're handing out white towels to all the fans. Um, listen, this is going to be a really, really tough game. And I just heard today that Kadarius Tony is unlikely to play with a hamstring injury, which sucks because I was really looking forward to him just destroying Trayvon Diggs. And what's going to be really tough for the offense, despite, or I guess in addition to missing Kadarius Tony and Wandale Robinson is that defensive front. Micah Parsons in particular, obviously. He is the standout of that team. He's a one-man wrecking crew. He's a monster right now. He's been unstoppable so far this year. And I really don't have faith in our offensive line being able to hold him up. And I also don't have faith in Daniel Jones responding well to whatever pressure that Dallas brings. Um, obviously, I'm hoping for the best, but it worries me truly for the offense 
how they respond. And again, it's going to be another week of you got to get the run game going early to open up the passing game. I wish the Giants were the type of football team where their passing game would open up the running game. But when Saquon Barkley's back there and your pass protection has been as bad as it has been, it's got to go through the through the the running game. No question about it. So whether it's keeping an extra tight end in there, just even a chip for a second, or keeping an extra running back in the backfield to block and protect, whatever you got to do, roll Daniel Jones out to whatever side Parsons isn't on. I don't know. It's going to be very, very tough. But I'm hoping that given all of the news that has come out over the week regarding the controversy over Kenny Galladay and his playing time or lack thereof. I'm hoping that that maybe lit a little bit of a fire under Galladay and we see a much better, much more involved performance from him than we've seen since he joined the team last year. Uh, defensively for the Giants, I actually think this is a pretty solid matchup. Dallas is not a very complicated offense, especially now with Dak out a couple weeks and Cooper Rush taking his place. Uh, Cooper Rush is not a joke of a backup quarterback. He is kind of like Jacoby Brissett. He's a good game manager. You know, he's not going to take too many risks. He's not really going to fall for a lot. Uh, from what I've heard, he's a very, very sharp and smart quarterback to where he recognizes, you know, disguised coverages and things of that nature pretty well. So I expect with Aziz Ojolari and most likely Kayvon Thibodeau being back, uh, the pass rush to really ramp it up. What worries me for the Giants defense is the fact that Leonard Williams is most likely out for this game, which is a huge loss, especially in the running game. So I'm looking for the Dallas to sort of have a similar game plan and try to establish their running game early and often so that they can open up the passing game a little bit more. I think the Giants are going to have a Dory Jackson just stay with CeeDee Lamb the whole time. He's their best corner, our best corner. He, the CeeDee Lamb is obviously their best wide receiver. Michael Gallup also is going to have to be covered by somebody or multiple somebodies. Um, and yeah, I, I think for the Giants defense, the key here, when you can get pressure, get pressure on Cooper Rush, either forcing him into a throwaway or bad decision or a sack, obviously, and uh, make your tackles. Don't let these guys get runs after the catch, yards after the catch. Um, be disciplined, you know. You don't have to play perfect defense. You're going to give up points, obviously, but I think preventing the long, long drives that Dallas likes to take down the field and take eight minutes off the clock, that can't happen in this game. Um, so it's going to be a close one, but I think, again, because of our offensive line and Micah Parsons and with the injuries that we have on both sides of the ball, I don't feel very confident in the Giants' ability to, to pull this one out. Um, I, I would love to be a bit more confident, but, and I don't know if it's me also being just scarred from years, past, cause you'd think like the Giants are two and oh, we're playing a backup quarterback, but we all know it hasn't been a pretty, a pretty two and oh, it's been a pretty ugly two and oh. Um, so I, I'm going, uh, 24 to 20 Dallas in this, which just is going to suck and completely ruin my week. Um, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Giants will prove me wrong. Maybe Kadarius Tony will play, but even if he doesn't, maybe Daniel Jones will have a really good game. Who knows? I mean, he's due and something that absolutely cannot happen is Daniel Jones cannot be outperformed by Cooper rush. That it would just be, that would be the sign sealed delivered. You are off the team like that. So please Jones, don't do that to me. 
But that is it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you all enjoy week three. I hope your teams win or your bets hit as long as your bets are not against my Giants or for any of the teams that I hate. And same thing, if your team is a team that I hate, I hope you lose. Um, But again, enjoy week three, guys. Every week it feels like it's flying by. So just take it all in and let's have a good, a good football Sunday, a healthy football Sunday. Happy Rosh Hashanah to all those who celebrate and I will catch you all on the next one.